people of the world, welcome to the second ever recording of episode 138 of What the Funcast, recorded and released today, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, March 23rd, <laughs> 2022. I am joined by the one and only Ahmed Gooey Broccoli. Uh, what did we cover in the first run through this episode before Spectrum went down? Um, it's almost springtime, or it is springtime, it's almost summer, we're not going anything past summer, uh, Russia's trying to take over the world. Uh, which is brings on depression, as does COVID. Um, I don't know, but we're not here to talk about any of any of that. We're here to talk about fun things like what we've been doing for the past two weeks. Yes. Um, so that's what seven and a half minutes broken down into forty point five seconds. We really do so, be talking a lot about nothing. I know, um, but that that's the fun in it all. So exactly. anyway, this is round two. Thanks to Ahmed's internet going out, so we're back. Thank you. Spectrum. We're only seven minutes into the episode. Yes, thank you, Spectrum, who is not sponsoring this episode, <laughs> but is indirectly sponsoring my misery. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, I was talking about what I was doing. So what I was talking about was what had happened was <laughs> that I was talking about Elden Ring and uh, the fact that I got back into it. Oh, the way my bars on Audacity are just like <laughs> they're all like <laughs> just be screaming. screaming. Fine. I really am screaming. Um, I got back into Elden Ring a little bit last weekend, and I uh, what I was telling Ahmed last time was that I went through. I think this is right when we dropped too. Um, yeah. I went in and like um, I went to I went through this mist, which I didn't know what that meant. It meant you're entering a boss battle, and this was like a pumpkin head guy, and he literally destroyed me, um, mm-hmm. and I lost all my little runes or whatever. Oh, and that's what I called out Logan. Logan's using, like, one of those exploits where you can, like, get a lot of runes really quickly, help you level up easier. Okay, makes I was going to ask, more like, enjoyable. What, do, what do runes actually do? But, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they help you level up. Um, so there's an exploit, and, you know, a lot of people on the internet are like, oh, it makes the game a lot more enjoyable and all that stuff. Um, so Logan started doing it, and he confirmed it is a lot more enjoyable because you're not, like, you don't get, like, destroyed on the first hit. It's more like, you know, at least you can put up a fight with some of these bosses. So, yeah. which is nice. So, I got to start doing that. So, um, I got to get into that at some point. Um, and then, what I also said was this past Tuesday, instead of us recording, uh, I did record or stream the first ever What the Fun Cast Peppa Pig stream. So, that finally <laughs> happened. First ever and last uh, ever, so it seems. The first ever and last ever. That game is horrible. Um, <laughs> We talked about how bad it was on the last uh, iteration of the stream. But either way, it's made for babies, so I'm not surprised. Uh, but it just was like, I don't know. Carla hung out with me through the end, and I was like, I had like two more like parts to go to, or like one and a half. And I'm like, who am I beating this for? Like, <laughs> most of the stream had left at that point. Had a whole and existential it was me and Carla. crisis. And I'm like, it was. I was like, I have better things to do than play this stupid game. So oh I booted up Tetris, played a little bit of Tetris on stream and then rita was like hey what is freedom finger and i was like okay let's try that game and it was wait game so what like, bought up freedom finger was it like on your switch home screen or something? i was i was scrolling through trying to figure out what i wanted to play and eventually landed on tetris gotcha, gotcha. um but yeah so it was in the all software category um and i passed by it and you know i was like oh like one of these days like i'll you know try this game on stream so um, I ended up booting it up, and really what it's like, it's like you play as like a hand that's making like little finger guns, and you shoot out of it, <laughs> um, and then you can also punch things with the hand and like grab enemies and like shoot with them. So I don't know. It's a little indie game. It's kind of silly, to be honest with you, and um, they curse a lot in the game, and for like two bucks or whatever, yeah, it was fun. Sure. I don't know. It, not something I'll ever beat, but a fun little game to uh, try on stream here, so it was good. Um, what else, what else, what else? Oh, so I'm trying to get back into, so I, I got into this habit of like buying a lot of Oculus Quest games and then mm-hmm. not playing them much yeah. like all the other VR systems. So it sounds like the habit uh, that you have for every system, not even just VR. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you, um, <laughs> True. so misery loves company. Mm-hmm. So yes. So as games have gone on sale on Oculus, I've been buying them and it's like, oh, I'll play them eventually. So I've been making like a, a concentrated effort to actually play them. So I played Moss, not last night, the night before, and I have never played Moss before, and it's really neat. Like, it's sitting down VR, so it's not like standing up. I mean, you're mm. just literally sitting down, and you have the controllers, and you control a little mouse, and, like, you, like, look around as you, like, direct the mouse where to go and stuff. Um, well, you play with the control sticks as the mouse. So yeah, it's really neat. Uh, I got through the first little bit of it, so looking forward to playing more of that. And trying to beat that as well. I'm pretty sure um, I own it because I feel like it was like a PlayStation Plus game at one point. It was or free. Yeah. yeah. 
It was free as part of like the PlayStation VR um, thing, I believe. I think I missed it, but I, yeah, it I, was. I recognize it on my home screen. I can visualize the tile, but I don't know for sure. Maybe, whatever. One day I'll try it or not. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, uh, you probably won't. I probably won't. Bet. Hooking up the PSVR so, is a disaster. It also like breaks my TV. Like when the PSVR is connected directly to HDMI, it like breaks all the other HDMIs. Like nothing works, and like as soon as I unplug it, everything's fine. Um, so right. I just, I've, I'll wait until PSVR 2 <laughs> to touch it again. I'm good. Yeah. Or you can get an Oculus, uh, and just, I, I was and actually rebuy playing... all of my games with all that money. I'm good. Yeah. I actually was sitting in bed playing, uh, playing the game, which was really neat. So That's it's, nice, uh, yeah, it was, it was very nice. So yeah, that was on the oculus Um, and then we finally <laughs> started Oculus-y. Shit's Creek. Please don't go. Uh, <laughs> we finally started Shit's Creek um as everybody was oh my god did your internet just drop again no okay i don't know uh, <laughs> you tell twitch, me <laughs> twitch like blipped and it spun for a second i'm like there's no goddamn way um funny you mentioned shit's creek i'm literally wearing a rose apothecary shirt currently oh my which god. is not a plot point that you'll know about until like season three or something but i, I was gonna say we're in season three and i keep seeing you are in season three that. yeah oh damn you guys blew through it yeah, Holy so nice. we yeah we have so instead of doing our chores that we're supposed to be doing, we're watching shit. Well, Creek, so. and then I'm assuming you're enjoying it. It sounds like you're having a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. Yes, um, we're on like season three, episode four. Okay, I think something like that. So I don't know if it ends on season six or season five, but like the last two seasons are like really, really, really well done. Um, so like it I only it ended on season like four. There's six seasons. I don't know if there's six or five, but I just know it keeps getting better. Like, it doesn't ever get, like, boring or worse. It just continuously gets better. Uh, interesting. Like, it's a, it, Off the it ends on a really good high note. I really enjoyed it. Oh, not Netflix games. Get the hell out of here. I don't want that. I'm Netflix trying to look games. at Shit's Creek. Yeah, we're on season three, episode five. And there are, drumroll please, six seasons. <laughs> Damn, anyways. Yeah. Because it's a lot of seasons right there. Wait, so over what time period did you get through three seasons? That's so many. <laughs> like, I mean, I texted you and Nahita when we started this. I feel like that was just like a week and a half ago or something. Uh, let me see. Yeah, that was March 12th. So it was 11 days ago. Okay, yeah, a week and a half ago. Or, uh, yeah, it's ish. not that bad. They're 20-minute yeah. episodes, 13, 13 episodes each. That's what? Oh, I forget that it's, it's not like 22 episodes a season. You're right, you're right. Times you're right. 13 times 2 divided by 60. That's 8 hours. I mean, I guess that is a lot, but split up over, you know, 11 days is not too bad. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's a, it's definitely a fun watch. It is. It is a fun watch. It's a very enjoyable. So um, what I didn't realize is Eugene Levy and Dan Levy, they're actual father and son in real life. Yeah. You, That's his you real tell son. by the eyebrows. <laughs> well, yeah, you could, and that's why I was like, I'm pretty sure he's related. And I yeah. looked it up. My like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yes, there it is. But yeah, they, I, it is. It yeah, is they, very entertaining. They co-created, and I'm pretty sure they co-write it together too. So it's like a really yeah. fun like project for them, I guess. And Eugene Levy is at his top tier in uh, Cheaper by the Dozen as well as American Pie. So oh right, he was in those. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. So anyway, that is about all that I did this week. Uh, I think. I think. I feel like I played PlayStation something, but I've got to look back. Anyway, that's that. Why uh, Why don't you... What have you, what have you been up to? I really I haven't been up... I to think about what else I've been doing. Yeah, I haven't been up to much. This will be disappointing, but that's fine because we have a ton of news to get into, so we don't have to like kill time with things that we've been doing. Um, but I did watch West Side Story, uh, the, the 2021 version um, by... I guess it was directed... I think it was directed by Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg, um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was pretty enjoyable. I mean, like, the plot is the same as it's always been, which is extremely silly. Like, they kiss one time in the bleachers, and he's like, I will literally die for you. Um, and it's like, please relax. You don't even know this woman. He's like, Maria, I just met a girl. Hey, Maria. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was very fun. The choreography was great. Um, the singing was great everything was fun it was highly enjoyable um i would recommend it if you are into a musical it's very um i don't know i really enjoyed it it was a fun little watch and then uh me and my roommate wanted to watch hot fuzz and when i tell you that the peacock app is absolute hot garbage like i don't know if it was just the tv um 
Oh yeah, this is a funny. So we'll get into. Oops, sorry, we'll get into this when we talk about the Oscar noms. But it's literally nominated for Best Picture and uh, seven or six other Oscars, and they didn't invite Rachel Zegler, who is like the main person that plays opposite Ansel Elgort. But whatever, it's a it's nonsense. Um, so Hot Fuzz. I was trying to watch Hot Fuzz, which is available for free to watch on Peacock. I have Peacock Premium because like if you have a cable subscription, you log in with your cable login, they give you Peacock Premium, and it lets you watch like. Uh, live NBC and it lets you watch like all of their movies and stuff without ads but when something is on there for free it's ad supported regardless so I have Peacock Premium but I still have to watch a movie with ads which I was like fine I'll get over it every time it cut to an ad break when I tell you it glitched out horrifically like at one point the subtitles just stopped and then like I was trying to you know back out and start it again but the UI just didn't wasn't there like there's nothing to back out to the back button didn't work so I had to like turn off my TV and turn it back on again and then the next time it hit an ad break, it started like strobing. Like the TV was literally a strobe light. I'm like, what is going on? I thought the TV was breaking. And then I exited out of the app and everything was fine. So uh, word to the wise, don't use Peacock. Just pay the $2.99 and watch your movie on YouTube Premium or whatever the hell. Because that was a disaster. So I didn't even get to the end of the movie because I was so frustrated. But one day I'll go back to it because I was enjoying uh, what we saw. I think we got like 40 minutes in or something. Um, besides that... I really didn't have any time to play any new games. I mean, I could say I obviously played Hades because I always play Hades because it's always just a it's a good way to just decompress. It's become like my Overwatch. Like when you boot up Overwatch and play like one round of Mystery Heroes or whatever, that's Hades. I'm like, oh, I'll do a Hades run. Um, <laughs> and a little bit of Grand Turismo 7, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, that was like a while ago. It was before the, the nonsense that we're about to talk about in the news. But um, that game is very satisfying in a weird way it's not like forza horizon 5 where it's like forza horizon 5 the fun of it is just like i don't know crashing into shit and hitting billboards and doing insane stunts and like very unrealistic gran turismo 7 is so hyper realistic that it's like satisfying in a way i'm like this is genuinely like real driving like you actually have to break i can't just drift into turns and hit walls like it's very technical and I don't know. I find it very, very satisfying, especially with the dual sense, like being able to feel the gas and feel the brakes and whatnot. Um, it's fun. But anyway, uh, that is about it from me. Let's jump into the entertainment news, shall we? Let's do it. Do you want to take this first one or do you want to do the Oscar nominations? No, I can do the Oscar nominations. I couldn't tell you one thing about anything that <laughs> isn't a real live animal penguin. Got it. Okay, so the Penguin series is official. This is kind of old news, but in case you missed it. Um, so this one comes from IGN. The penguin is waddling back onto the small screen. HBO Max has ordered a new spinoff of featuring the Batman antagonist with the working title of The Penguin. Um, Colin Farrell is set to reprise his role as the infamous crime boss, and HBO says the limited series will expand upon the world laid out by Matt Reeves in The Batman. Reeves will return as executive producer along with Dylan Clark, producer on The Batman uh, and Reeves' Planet of the Apes sequels. And then Colin Farrell and Lauren LaFranc uh, of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. fame will also be returning. Uh, the series will presumably take place following the events of The Batman, as opposed to being like a prequel, um, which is exciting. I think Colin Farrell's Penguin was really, really well done in that movie, um, so it's exciting that he'll be getting kind of some limelight. Um, so I hope that's good. And All then, right, Oscar noms. I thought you meant happy have, feet. <laughs> happy feet. Oh my god! Can you imagine happy Happy Feet three when Colin Farrell as the Penguin and Happy Feet, the collaboration, the most ambitious crossover, <laughs> the crossover of a lifetime, crossover of a generation. <laughs> um, so, not that anybody cares about the Oscars because Hardwell will be making his triumphant return to the <laughs> Ultra Stage probably at this time. So. Uh, anyway, some nominations here. Let's see. I should read them in like the Oscar nomination voice. Nominations for Best Picture: <laughs> Nightmare Alley, Bradley Tooper, Tooper, Tooper. <laughs> come on, it's literally your dog's name. That's <laughs> why. It's why it couldn't come out right. Tooper. Nightmare Alley, Bradley Cooper, Guillermo del Toro, Dune. De- I'm gonna pronounce some of these names. Denis Villeneuve. What? Shut the hell up. It's legit. That's how you pronounce it. It's French. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve? Okay. Denis Villeneuve. Come on. Okay. Get it together. Uh, I'm just going to skip it. Sure. Uh, (laughs) Belfast. Kenneth Branagh. Tamar Thomas. The Power of the Dog. Jane Campion. And (laughs) Roger Frappier. Everything's just becoming French now. 
King Richard, Will Smith, Trevor White, and Tim White. Who are the White are the White brothers? I don't know. <laughs> sure. Anyways, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I guess it's just mine. <laughs> don't Look Up, Adam McKay, Kevin J. Missick, Drive My Car. Uh-oh. Teruhisa Yamamoto. <laughs> the tone change. Drive my car. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> At first so glance, deep. it was scary. <laughs> Licorice pizza. Ew. Apparently that uh, one's really... Uh, apparently that one's interesting. I don't know if... Apparently it was really Licorice pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson. Adam Somner. West Side Story. 2021. Stephanie Spielberg. Matthew <laughs> Makosko Krieger. <laughs> Uh, Steven Spielberg, of course. Yes. Uh, Coda. I heard good things about this movie. Yeah, that uh, one's kind Coda. of the front runner, apparently. Philippe Rousselet, a Patrick Washberg. <laughs> it cuts off some of the names, so I don't even get the full name. So that's fine. I'm sorry to all of you great people that have made these movies. Yes. Um, Coda's a, an Apple TV Plus original, actually. Yes. Which is yes, interesting. Yes. That I think that's where I've seen it. Yeah. Everybody needs to go watch Ted Lasso. It's the last time I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> uh, best actor. Oh, yeah, sorry, I was going to say, of this year's nominees, I've seen two of these. I've seen zero. Zero. I do want to watch Nightmare Alley. I know that's on HBO Max. Uh, Dune by now is on HBO Max. West Side Story, I believe, is also on HBO Max. Coda's on TV+. King Richard, I don't know if that's anywhere. Power of the Dogs, I think, is a Netflix movie. Licorice Pizza, I don't know if it's available anywhere. I've never heard of Drive My Car or Belfast. And I think Don't Look Up is the Netflix original that everyone kind of hates and, like, doesn't belong in the Best Pictures nominees because it has, like, a 40-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's not that great of a movie. So that's the that's my hot takes. I don't know what the front front runner is. Oh. I think Coda is, like, the front runner. Um, but, yeah, I have no opinion. Nor do I really care. I mean, like, Doodle's fun. But I, I don't know if it's Best Picture material. But what is best picture material? Art is subjective. I yeah, I forgot that the power of the dog is uh, with uh, Benny Cabbage Snatch. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's the it's uh, the cowboy one that what's his face? Um, that old cowboy man was complaining about it, and he was like, "Don't put gays in cowboys or something." I don't remember. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about, but I I don't know. God, I forgot about. his name. He was in. Uh, he was in. Oh my god, I'm forgetting everything. Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper movie. Oh, <laughs> oh that I know what you're talking about. A Star is Born. Uh, yeah, that one. Star is Born cast. Here we go, we're getting closer. Sam Elliott. There we go. Thank you, Rita. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I have never even heard of Belfast, so I'm assuming it's not going to be that, but I guess Coda. All right. Brad's saying that the movie was Loki homophobic. Oh, interesting. I guess it's... Good that it wasn't hikey homophobic, and if it was, and still in the Best Picture nomination, that'd be a big problem. Yeah, who knows? It's not weird. Necess- weird ass movies. Wait, we're talking about the Power of the Dog still, or which movie now? Yeah, the Power of the Dog. Oh, Benedict Cabbage Cabbage Snatch is a uh, homophobe. Disgusting. <laughs> I don't think down that's with Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, all right, Best Actor Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom. Yes. Um, Javier Badem for Begin the Ricardos, Will Smith for King Richard. Look at Will Smith coming back to the limelight. Good for him. Limelight. Benadryl Habadashri? Haberdashri. <laughs> uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, funny story. So I got a massage somewhat recently, and my masseuse was going on about The Tragedy of Macbeth. It had just come out on Apple TV Plus. And he was like, I've watched it twice already. And it's like a three and a half hour movie. Damn. Um, anyways, I was like, congratulations. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. Um, of these movies, I've only just seen Tick, Tick, Boom. And I really, really, really enjoyed Andrew Garfield's performance in it. So I'm just biased. I'm going to say that I hope he wins. But I guess we'll see. That's good. Very happy for you. Thanks. Um, best Actress. Uh, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Uh, Penelope Cruz for Madres Paralias. I'm, I'm butchering that, but uh, you get the point. Sure. His her fussy, he's acting? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. That's um, shocking to me because everything I've heard about Being the Ricardos is that her performance was not great and that she shouldn't have been cast as Lucille Ball. But sure, the Oscars aren't real. It's fine. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so best original song, No Time to Die, Billie Eilish. Uh, somehow You Do from the Motion Picture. What is this? 
for the motion oh, picture. Oh, Four Good Days? I don't know what that is. Reba uh, McIntyre. Damn. Good for her. Oh, man. Reba. Jesus. Reba. <laughs> You're still out there, huh? Uh, down to Joy Van Morrison. Um, I'm going to butcher this, too. Dos Oruguitas. It's from Encanto. I know it is. It doesn't mean I know how to pronounce it. Dos Oruguitas. I don't know. Just say oh, it with okay, a fancy beautiful. accent. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Um, <laughs> Be Alive from uh, King Richard. Yeah, King Richard yes. uh, by Beyonce. Um, oh, my gosh. Speaking of poor uh, pronunciation of things from Encanto, um, I saw this TikTok making fun of people that are like, Madrigal. And uh, <laughs> they're very upset. The casita. So, yeah. Oh, the, the <laughs> anyway. Um, there are some categories of it we could skip here. Just get hit. The yeah, one. we can we can skip live action short film best animated feature. Uh, Encanto, <laughs> uh, butcher just like everybody else. Mm. Uh, but no, Encanto. Uh, Luca Flea. I've never heard of that heard one. Good things about I think the Mitchells versus the Machines. I think is Apple TV Plus. No, Mitchell's and Ryan's Machines Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm mixing up that and Flea. Um, yes, it is. Okay, okay. And then Ryan the Last Dragon, so... Mitchells vs. Machines, I feel like, has a shot here because it's the same studio that did Into the Spider-Verse. It's still on my list. I haven't watched it yet, but I heard very, very good things about it. Hold the hell up! Wait a second. I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but... And I know this is probably a controversial opinion to some extent, but John Lasseter, the new studio that he's at, that movie is coming exclusively to Apple TV+. Plus. I don't know if we talked about that last time. I don't... Um, it's I didn't called... even know he was at a new studio. Yeah, it's called Luck. I think it's called Luck. Sure. E yes, it is. Produced by John Lasseter. Yeah. Paramount Pictures, Skydance Animation, Skydance Animation Madrid. Um, uh, distributed by Apple TV+. Plus. Interesting. Uh, of these movies, animate, like, given that I haven't seen Mitchell's Machines, assuming that's not the winner, I would say Luca here is my favorite of the three. Like, I liked Encanto, I liked Raya, but Luca really hit it for me. Encanto is going to win. Um, we'll see because it's just going to win. Like <laughs> because I, it's just going to. It, it's just going to. Like you don't know it's that it's not the, a popularity it, contest. It's not a popularity contest, but it is a popularity contest. Um, I kind of. Yeah. So why why do you think Luca should win over the other two movies? I'm just biased. I like it better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Um, I, so let's see, according to Rotten Tomatoes, Luca's got a 91, mm -hmm. I see, I see, I see, mm -hmm. uh, Raya's got a, why do you keep moving? That's Metacritic, like where the, the hell is Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, you why do you, oh wait, I no, am, no. you're right, you're right, it did move, it's why not there, like 4.8 out of 5 on Facebook, who cares about Facebook? Imagine looking for reviews of movies on Facebook. Uh, Raya. <laughs> Raya. <laughs> uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is at a 93. Oh, and Encanto's Luca, at a 91. Yeah, let me confirm, though. Luca's at a 91 as well. Encanto. Is that a 91 as well? Anyway, they're all they're all good movies. I need to give Luca, like, another shot. Mitchell's like, vs. the Machines that... is 97. Ooh, what about Flea? Uh, Flea is at 98. Damn, okay. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Damn, 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 damn. We in here. Underdog All alert. Right, so, wonder, wonder dog alert. Underdog, not uh, wonder oh, dog. Underdog, I heard wonder dog. Anyways. <laughs> um, oh, Flea is about... There's a gay relationship in here? Whoa. Hold on a second. What is you know this? what? I think I did hear about this. This sounds really Tell the story now. of Amin. Oh, I'm so bad with names. Nawabi, as he grapples with a painful secret he has kept hidden for 20 years, one that threatens to derail the life he has built for himself and his soon-to-be husband, recounted mostly through animation, through animation to director Jonas Power Rasmussen. He tells for the first time, first time, the story of his extraordinary journey as a child refugee from Afghanistan. Damn, Interesting. it's a uh... it's documentary and animation. Interesting. I'm pretty sure it's we're, on. We're, uh, it's on Hulu. I was gonna say, where can I see this? Yeah. Um, I'm add that to the list. Yeah, I. You know what? I think I've got a damn good shot at watching these two movies. And then I could say I saw. I've seen all of the movies in one category. Perfect. The Mitchells versus the Machines and Flea. Okay. All right. I'll add this to the list. The mental list. 
Um, okay, let's see. What else here? Best Supporting Actor, uh, Troy Kotzer for Coda, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog. Uh, I'm going to say that's uh, Kieran, Kyron, Hins for Belfast. Sure. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog, Best Supporting Actress, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Judy Dench for Belfast, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, and... Anjanu uh, Ellis for King Richard. Um, a couple of the other big hitters here. Best Director, uh, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. I feel like I've heard his name before. Maybe. He must have directed something else. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. That's got to be Steven Spielberg's like 400th nomination. Probably. Uh, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. And that's it. Uh, best documentary, best original screenplay. We'll skip over a couple of these and let you guys look Ooh. at them yourselves. Best visual effects: Dune, Spider-Man: No Way Home, Free Guy, No Time to Die, and Shang Chi. This category is the popularity contest because this is where like the Avengers movies always end up. Yeah. Um, best animated short film: The Windshield Wiper. That's me. Um, <laughs> what else we got here? Best cinematography, best costume design. Cruella makes, uh, I think it's probably only nomination there for costume design. Film editing, sound, uh, best production design. Yeah, I mean, take a look at these. A lot of good movies nominated for a lot of uh, yeah. big categories here. Nightmare I Alley, know there was... Dune is getting a lot of noms. Power of the Dog, obviously. West Side Story. Um, those are like the, the, big, the big ones that you keep seeing throughout. Yeah. Maybe I'll have time to watch them i won't but no you won't <laughs> i like I, I have no desire to watch power of the dog but i feel like i should i don't know if it's nominated for so many damn things like maybe there's something there but <laughs> my gosh brad brad i've heard good things but i can only take so much gay drama <laughs> honestly that's how i felt watching um god i forgot there was this one movie that i watched and it was like it was a good film but it was so like exhausting i was like this is just depressing i don't want to like this is not a fun experience for anybody yeah. um you know yeah. i think i think watching flea and and mitchell first the machines is definitely possible maybe i'll watch for you tonight who knows yeah those i mean those should be well i think flea is probably going to be more of a moving movie i don't even know what the other one is about i think the other one is um, married lighthearted based on the cover alone it seems very silly and lighthearted y- yeah 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 um Okay, well, lots of good options here. Um, obviously, if you haven't seen some of these movies and they look interesting to you, check it out. There's yeah. a lot of guides online on like how to watch the Oscar movies beforehand. A lot of them are on streaming services, so check that out. And if yes. they're not on streaming services, I'm pretty sure they're on demand. So Yep, um, I feel like the only yeah. one that you might have to pay for if you don't already subscribe to most streaming services is like Licorice Pizza and King Richard. Um, besides that, most of these are on streaming services, at least that I'm aware of. Yeah. They are. Cool. All right, let's move into the gaming news. Uh, you want to kick us off here? Sure. We got uh, a delay and a, and a possible, I guess, release window. So first thing, first things first, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed until 2023, unfortunately. Um, this was kind of shared directly on Twitter by Sefton Hill, who is the creative director and co-founder of Rocksteady Games. Uh, he says... Uh, we've made the difficult decision to delay Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League to spring 2023. I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going to uh, is going into making the best game that we can. I look forward to bringing you, bringing the chaos to Metropolis together. Thanks for your patience. Um, this game does look really good in general, so I would rather it not flop and it come out and actually be good. So this is fine. We've all learned the lessons from Cyberpunk. Take all the time you need. Um, along the so the same... only the only so, yeah. thing I would say on this right is like they had a pretty big showing at Game Awards. I mean, Cyberpunk so... had huge showings up to its release, and we saw that well, how that went. Yeah, so Clown, Clown Town USA, yeah. right there. Remember, like leading up to release, they did like weekly, like giant episodes. Each episode was like thirty minutes and went all in depth, and we're like, oh, this is great. So, I don't trust yeah. nothing. It's all marketing. I know. Um, and this was not necessarily a delay, but kind of an announcement of the release window. Uh, so this one comes from bloodydisgusting.com. <laughs> if you're hoping for EA's upcoming Dead Space remake this fall, you might want to temper your expectations. Ahead of EA and Motive's developer update tomorrow, a report circulating that EA is potentially having the game pushed to 2023. I don't know that it was ever actually supposed to come out in 2022, but whatever. 
Um, no, it was. I don't. I don't think it was. I yeah. think that this is just the announcement of a release window. Exactly. And that's all it yeah. is. So, Perventure Beat, an internal report from EA, has the publisher targeting an early 2023 release. Um, according to the report, the remake continues to impress people internally, and in that EA has a goal of matching Capcom's Resident Evil 2 remake in terms of quality, um, which those remakes were genuinely good quality, despite just the annoyance of them being Resident Evil games in general. Like, I enjoyed playing it, but it was also very frustrating. Why is that man keep chasing me? Kind of thing. But whatever. Yeah. That space is different. So hopefully it'll be good. Um, I hope so. It looks good. Yeah. Do you want to take this next one? Sure. Uh, so The Witcher 4 was officially announced. Uh, so that's super exciting for those of you that have played some of The Witcher games. Um, it was announced via a release on TheWitcher.com and CD Projekt Red. Uh, went through and said, we're happy to announce that the next installment in the Witcher series of video games is currently in development. No surprise there. Right. Kicking off a new saga for the franchise. This is an exciting moment as we're, as we're moving from Red Engine to Unreal Engine 5, beginning a multi-year strategic par partnership with Epic Games. It covers not only licensing, but technical development of Unreal Engine 5, as well as potential future versions of Unreal Engine, where relevant. We'll closely collaborate with Epic Games' developers, with the primary goal being to help tailor the engine for open-world experiences. At this point, no further details regarding the game, such as development timeframe or release date, are available. Red Engine, the technology which powers Cyberpunk 2077, is still being used for the development of the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077 expansion, uh, which is interesting. So, yeah, yeah this is a, uh, hey, we'll see y'all in, like, four years, is what I would think. But Bare minimum. Like, yeah, well, this is gonna be a the only thing release. I'd say... Well, the only thing I'd say here is I don't think that that'll happen because there's more pressure now more than ever with the TV show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to put something out that's new. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this like late 2023, maybe early 2024. No, no way. Like with the with the whole cyberpunk debacle, I think they're going to take their very sweet time. Like, I think if there's any investor pressure, they're going to be like, look at uh, look at Rockstar. Rockstar hasn't released the new Gran Turismo, or Gran Turismo, Grand Theft Auto since 2013. It's literally nine years out, and they just now announced that Grand uh, Theft Auto 6 is, like, in development, which, to no one's surprise, but, like, they're taking their sweet time, and Grand Theft Auto 5 is still popping off. Everyone's playing, G well, not everyone, but a lot of people, a significant amount of people are playing Grand Theft Auto online. So there's no reason for them to rush. I think if they didn't learn their lesson, it would be shocking at this point. Yeah, it would be. It would yeah. be shocking. And then I think the TV show is also based more off of the books than off of the games. So it's like Brad is saying in the chat, like the TV show is pretty independent. Like it doesn't. It's not based off of The Witcher Three. It's literally based off of like the original stories and the books. So right. Um, yeah, I, I. If they're smart, they won't rush this because they can't tarnish another one of their biggest series. I would agree a hundred percent with you. Yes. Um. Moving down the line, until Dawn's spiritual successor announced, I famously <laughs> very much dislike until Dawn in general, but who knows? Maybe maybe this one will be good. So this one comes from IGN. Supermassive Games has revealed The Quarry, a spiritual successor to Until Dawn, launching on June 10th. Uh, as with Until Dawn, the cast is made up of a number of recognizable characters, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, the Quarry is a teen horror where players control nine different characters as they try to survive the last night of summer camp. And like Until Dawn, anyone can live and anyone can die. Uh, Supermassive promises groundbreaking interactive storytelling that they better. The way the audio in Until Dawn is, sounds like it was recorded on an iPod. Um, <laughs> groundbreaking interactive storytelling and an uh, unpredictable night of horror. Pl plenty of flirting and fear as relationships between characters are built and broken through intense player-based choices. Uh, director Will Biles told IGN that each character has 10 to 12 different potential deaths. He said that the quarry is like a circular story and each one of those characters uh, is a spoke heading towards the middle meaning any one of those spokes can be broken without affecting the rest of the narrative. Um, so it's, I don't know how to visualize that, but sure. The cast includes uh, Ariel Winter from Modern Family and also Speed Racer, uh, Ethan Suplee from Wall Wolf of Wall Street, Remember the Titans, My Name is Earl, uh, David Arquette from the Scream franchise, Lynn Shea from the Insidious franchise, Miles Robbins from Halloween 2018 and uh, the movie Blockers, or the show Blockers, I don't know what that is, uh, Grace Zabriski from Armageddon, Wild at Heart, and The Grudge, uh, Halston Sage from Neighbors, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Paper Towns, uh, Zach Tinker from 13 Reasons Why, uh, Lance en Enriksen, Enriksen uh, from Aliens, Alien 3, and The Terminator, Brenda Song from Dollface, uh, New Girl, The Social Network, 
and Disney Channel original series Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, right? Brenda Song? Yeah? No? Oh, yes, 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 okay. yes. Uh, Siobhan Williams from Forsaken and Heartland. Skylar Gizondo? Gizondo? Gizondo. From The Social Dilemma and Santa Clarita Diet. Um, uh, Evan Evagora from Star Trek Picard. Justice Smith from Detective Pikachu and uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And Ted Raimi from Evil Dead, Spider-Man, Warrior Princess, etc. Um, Ariola Winter? I didn't say that. Ariel Winter. Anyways, um, that's the cast. So, I don't know, hopefully that they have improved their storytelling abilities since Until Dawn, because I like I get it that the game was supposed to be like silly and like a B-horror movie kind of vibe, but it was, I couldn't get through it, and I never will, no matter how yeah, many times I, I try. I, yeah, I, I did the same. I, I don't know, it was one of those games where it was like, okay. Yeah, and they're supposed to be like, so, oh, you can replay it and do different choices. I'm like, I can't even beat one playthrough, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. So I I saw this get announced. I didn't realize it was coming out June 10th. Yeah, it's very soon. Like the it, yeah, I I saw the I saw the announcement. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I like it when an announcement is like and it's coming out in 3 months as opposed to like The Witcher 4. Who knows? 2025. Yeah, well, um, yeah. That that's like that's one of those things where it's like, "Hey, this is coming." I don't think it's coming anytime soon. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I think I if we'll anything see. they just wanted to announce it so that like they can hire people or something and like do job listings and people aren't like, Ooh, the rumor mill is happening. Like what are they cooking right. up? It's like, let's just get out of the way. We're doing it. Yeah. Relax kind of thing. Yeah. So good stuff. I don't know for the, for the folks that enjoy the quarry or that enjoy until dawn and presumably the quarry. Uh, I think they also did this is the, good for you. the man of Medan series games in between those. And those are like kind of like shorter little experiences. And those apparently are like kind of good. I don't know. Um, I gotta tell you, all I hear when I hear Man of Medan is Black Betty, Man of Medan. <laughs> and that's 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 all I hear in my head. That's fair. Um, that is fair. Alright, let's get moving along here. So, March 25th is a big day in the video game space. We've got three major games coming out. Uh, starting with Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. This is based off of the Borderlands franchise. Uh, reviews have hit for all three of these games, and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is sitting at an 82% on Metacritic. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is sitting at a 75% on Metacritic. That is a one-year timed exclusive to the PlayStation 5. Um, and then Kirby and the Forgotten Land sitting at an 85% on Metacritic, uh, which is actually really good for a Kirby game. So really excited for that one. It's uh, There's a, de- a demo on the eShop if you want to give it a whirl. Yeah. It's really surprising that's the highest rate on Metacritic because when you just Google Kirby and the Forgotten Land, like the main news articles that come up is like, it's cute, but it's extremely easy, which is like fair because it's a Kirby game and they're that's like the whole demographic of Kirby games. They're not they're supposed to be like easier than Mario kind of platformers. Um, but it's surprising that it's like so highly rated because all the headlines seem to be like kind of like this is a game for babies kind of thing. But sure. I'll yeah. Yeah, Kirby games have always been super easy, which I've been kind of, I don't know, it's kind of annoying, but yeah, I don't know. I grew up playing Kirby games over and over and over again, I guess maybe because they were so easy when I was younger. I don't know. Probably. Um, yeah. But yeah, so let's see what IGN has to say about Kirby. Let's see. I think they gave it an eight, I believe. Yeah, Kirby and the Forgotten Land successfully warps the series. This classic mix of ability-based combat, platforming, and secret hunting into the third dimension. Ooh. Oh, yeah, because all Kirby games up till now have been 2D, so this is like a an actual 3D yeah. adventure. Good for Kirby. Kirby and the Forgotten Land successfully warps... Uh, okay, wait, I just read that. Yeah. The post-apocalyptic <laughs> setting may not be as thematically inter- interesting as Planet Popstar, but it's still lovely and vibrant, and cleverly designed levels that make co- consistently smart use of Kirby's abilities. Despite the change in perspective, Forgotten Land maintains most of what I love about Kirby classic Kirby games, and if the future means more 3D adventures for our hungry pink hero, I'd be more than happy to swallow them up. Okay. Sure. Thanks. I, mean, I, get, the, uh, I get it. Thanks, Tom Marks. <laughs> what did they give it? An 8? Was I right? Yeah, eight, 8 out of 10. Gotcha, gotcha. And yeah, Ghostfire Tokyo, I don't know, the, the reviews for that one have been not as great. Apparently it's like beautiful to look at and like the story elements seem great at the what's lacking seems to be the combat um i was watching the beginning of i think it was giant bombs like little preview of it not their official review but preview and they were like the combat's really lacking and like there's no dodge button but it's a first person it's like why is this even a first person game 
um, kind of thing. So apparently it just doesn't feel great to play, but it still does look really good. I don't know. That's something I, I wouldn't spend, you know, $70 on it, at least. I'm not going to spend $70 on that. Maybe it'll be fun. Um, I don't know. We'll see. And then Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I don't know. Maybe I'll try that, I guess. I've never really played the Borderlands games, but I guess this is a complete spinoff, so there's no reason to. Um, but who knows? Right. Yeah, Borderlands, that's like something that I wouldn't mind trying out when it's like 30 bucks. Yeah. Or 15 bucks. So oh, how yeah, we need to... Already 40 minutes into the episode. <laughs> well, I know, God. we gotta pick it up. <laughs> All right. Um, so this next thing, so we're jumping into PlayStation News. That was the general gaming news. PlayStation News, uh, State of Play happened the day after our last episode, and it was pretty lackluster. I don't think we need to go over everything that was announced, but they did announce uh, basically like a spiritual uh, Dino Crisis kind of game called Exoprimal from Capcom. Um, besides that, I don't think there was anything super interesting. A lot of these are games that we were previously announced and just got more footage for. Um, Gigabash seems to be like a... Uh, it's a kaiju multi-arena, multiplayer arena brawler that looks kind of fun. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle for the JoJo fans out there. Um, Returnal's getting an expansion. That's kind of pretty much it there's a i don't know teenage mutant the ninja big turtles one cowabunga yes collection. the big one is teenage mutant ninja turtles cowabunga collection yes yeah. all 13 so that puts together yes all 13 games yes back from arcades nes super nes sega genesis game boy it's coming to ps4 and ps5 this spring um, and switch and xbox oh right because uh, yeah because it was the state of play they only mentioned playstation but yes um yeah that's pretty much it for that um and then Grand Turismo 7. I'll just take this one because <laughs> this feels near and near to my heart. Um, so Grand Turismo 7 has been is now currently Sony's lowest rated game on Metacritic in terms of user reviews, obviously, because critic reviews don't change. Um, and it's it's being review bombed, and it's kind of uh, like usually when review bombing happens, it's like for a stupid reason. This is extremely warranted. So Grand Turismo 7, famously an offline game for the most part, unless you specifically go to play online, needs to be you have to be connected to the internet to play it at all times, no matter if you're just racing offline. So even if I'm just doing license tests by myself, I have to be connected to the internet. And it's so dependent on that connection that the game was literally offline. No one could log in to play any part of it at all for almost two days of maintenance because they like botched a patch or something and they had to bring the entire game down. So even if you just wanted to go race alone and do stuff, you could not for almost two days, which is absurd for a game that you pay $70 for. Um, on top of that, in a recent patch, they increased the price of the cars in the game so much so that and, and so wait, sorry, they did two things. They increased the price of the of the uh, of the cars in the game, and they lowered the amount of credits that you get as rewards for racing. So the developers, like the main developer, released this uh, blog post or whatever, and he was like, "We're so sorry for the maintenance. We were doing it to save your save data, and also like we really wanted to make the cars." In the game expensive to reflect their real life value um and we wanted you to like really work hard to get them and it's like do you not understand as a game designer that that is no fun for anybody like nobody wants to grind for hours on end in repetitive races because there aren't that many tracks and that many modes in the game to afford uh i don't know like two million dollar car in a game like it is a video game you just want to race fast cars you shouldn't have to like work for it like that like that's not fun for anybody um so people have been reviewed by me for all three of those reasons because it is absurd um some of these car the cars in the game like if you buy if you buy currency with real life money would cost literally 40 dollars like 40 us dollars to buy a single car in the game um so you can work out how much effort that takes in game to earn those credits without paying for them uh, it's a lot of a lot of hours. So there's you were talking about like exploits in Elden Ring to uh, to get runes and stuff. People have uh, someone's made an exploit where you use your PC and use PlayStation Remote Play, and it like will control your mouse and keyboard as like the input and <laughs> do races for you, like really simple dumb races to get money over time, um, because it's just that absurd. Like nobody wants to grind for these things. Forza Horizon Five gives you so much shit for free and that's a game that's on game pass like they don't need they should be relying on microtransactions because a lot of people didn't pay for the game outright um but they give you so much meanwhile this game costs 70 dollars 
and to have you know an actual sense of fun and, and, and driving real expensive cars or whatever you still have to like do work like it's a job i don't know that's it's very silly so currently it is sitting at a uh 2.8 user review on metacritic um which is absurd but anyways hopefully uh kazunori yamauchi who is the polyphony polyf- polyphony polyphony digital i don't know whatever he's the ceo and series producer of the games um hopefully he listens and, and sees because this almost feels like nintendo developed this game and it's just not taking into account the actual users um and what they want and they're kind of just like this is good for you we promise you'll like it um which is very nintendo yeah i it, yeah i like it's ridiculous i i don't know it's a mess like it's so sad because no, it's, nothing good to say about it because yeah. it's just like it's one of those things where Sony has completely taken this into their own hands and screwed up. Yeah, like it's really unfortunate because the game otherwise it plays fantastically. Like it's really well done and it looks gorgeous, but they're really dropping the ball in terms of support. For greed, it, so. greed, mm-hmm. greed. Yes. So, um, on a lighter note, I'm looking up this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle collection, and it, it literally includes the arcade games too. That yeah, you that's what I'm saying. The arcades. The arcade. Yeah, games. I didn't. I guess that didn't hit me when I saw the announcement. So I would. This would be fun to play. Yeah. Um. Now we just need the Simpsons arcade game out. That'd be perfect. Does that not already exist anywhere? I feel like it. Must. I'm pretty sure it probably does. Uh, the Simpsons arcade game port. Let's see what it says. Um. Okay, while I am looking up this, let's jump into the next one. So Sony acquires Haven Studios um, on your dose of acquisition news. Uh, This comes from The Verge. Sony announced Monday that it has entered an agreement to acquire Montreal-based Haven Studios, which is founded and led by veteran game designer Jade Raymond. Uh, Haven and Sony originally announced a partnership just over a year ago, but now Sony is bringing Haven into the fold as one of its first-party PlayStation Studios. The price of the deal wasn't disclosed. Uh, the first title from Haven will be a new AAA multiplayer game, Raymond said in a blog post. Though it's unclear wh- uh, when we might be able to play it, here's her description of the game. Our first new IP for PlayStation is on track to deliver a AAA multiplayer experience with a vision to build a systemic and evolving world focused on freedom, thrill, and playfulness that will keep players entertained and engaged for years. Those are bold words right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on a press release, it sounds as if the game could be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. PlayStation boss Jim Ryan said that the game will, quote, flex the power of PlayStation 5, while Raymond said that, quote, we intend to fully embrace the incredible capabilities of the PS5 to create worlds, new worlds that inspire players and allow them to connect in new ways. Uh, the acquisition also means Sony will have its first PlayStation studio in Canada. Um, and Haven Studios was only founded a year and one month ago. So yeah. this will be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I It's funny, they're like, veteran game designer Jade Raymond, and I'm like, I have never heard that name in my life, but sure. Um, I think they... I think she was uh, a part of EA at one point, and I don't remember what else. Like She, ha- she has some storied history um, in being involved in a lot of big... Uh, at a lot of big studios, so... Um, Ubisoft, it looks like. Uh, best known for helping create the Assassin's Creed and Watchdog franchises. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, wait. No, maybe not. Hold the phone. Holding. Pro- her, fir- her first post-university job was as a programmer for Sony, where she eventually helped in the creation of Sony's uh, Sony Online's first research and development group. This led to Electronic Arts, where she worked as a producer on The Sims Online. Uh, from 2003 to 2004, Raymond joined the G4 program, The Electric Playground, as a part-time correspondent. Mm. Uh, 2004, started working for Ubisoft Montreal, where she led the creation of the first Assassin's Creed game, went on to become executive producer on Assassin's Creed 2, was executive producer of new IP, which included Watch Dogs and the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot. Damn. Um, in January 2010, Raymond moved to Toronto uh, to build a new studio for Ubisoft in the role of managing director. Uh, bah, 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 bah. In 20, July 2015, Raymond announced that she had joined Electronic Arts and formed Motive Studios based in Montreal. She was also to be in charge of Visceral Game Studios, a studio located in California where she worked with game designers and writer Amy Hennig on Star Wars games and also developed new original IP. Uh, let's see. In July 2018, Raymond uh, was recognized for her trailblazing endeavors across her 20-year career. With the Develop Vanguard Award in October 2018, Jade received the Pioneer Award Award uh, from the Fun and Serious Game Festival. Okay, what else? That's a wild ass career. <laughs> she it really did is. everything. Uh, Crazy. A 
Oh, this is... Hold on. This gets more interesting. Raymond was one of the few video game executives named in Variety Magazine 2018-2019 list of 500 most influential business leaders shaping the global in, in, uh, entertainment industry. In January... 9th, uh, on January 9th, 2018, Raymond was named to the board of directors for the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. She left Motive Studios in October 2018, alluding to a top secret project. Dun dun dun. Haven Studios. In March, in March 2019, Raymond announced that she had joined Google as a vice president. Oh. During the 2019 Video Game Developers Conference, Google affirmed that she will be heading Google Studios, Stadia Games and Entertainment to oh, create remember that. content for the Stadia. <laughs> Wasn't that shut down like six months into Stadia? On February 1st, 2021, she announced her departure from Stadia Games Entertainment as well as Google, concurrent with Google's announcement of the wind, uh, wind down for their in-house Stadia Games and Entertainment Development Studio. Raymond founded Haven Studios, a new independent development studio on March 16, 2021, with Sony Interactive Entertainment investing in the studio to create a new original IP for PlayStation. Almost a year later, they announced the acquisition of Haven Studios. Damn. That, that she, is it wild. It all comes back to Sony. She, is, she started at Sony, and she's back there now. That's crazy. That is wild. May we all be as successful as as one chain. Med's like, I've never heard of her. And then she said, hold my beer. <laughs> she literally said, you have. But, like, not really. I mean, I'm sure if I beat Assassin's Creed 1 one day, I'll see her name in the credits. <laughs> Anyways. I'm with Ryan. I'm tired of reading the things. Right? Um, anyway, last thing of PlayStation News for we shift gears into Xbox and then Nintendo. Uh, this month on PlayStation Plus, if you haven't already claimed these games, I suggest you do. Because a lot of these seem to be interesting. Um, Ghost Runner, which I famously took like a million hours to beat on stream, is available. Uh, Team Sonic Racing and Ark Survival Evolved, um, which I guess Ark isn't too big of a deal. I think that's like free on Game Pass or been free on Game Pass for a while now. Um, there's also a bonus game, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which I guess if you don't already own Ghost of Tsushima, this is like the just the multiplayer uh, part of it. So that is that. Um do you want me to take this next one while you're texting? No, I'm redeeming the games on PlayStation Plus because I forgot. <laughs> I'm sitting here like redeeming them, and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like looking at the clock. I'm like, it's March 23rd. Yeah, you still got. Like, it. I have little reminders to like go and uh, and get them. Yeah. No, I can take the next one. Uh, Perfect, Perfect Dark Studio. Uh, so the Perfect Dark Studio, moving into the Xbox news, obviously, uh, the Perfect Dark Studio is struggling. This comes from Video Games Chronicle, uh, who reports as much as half of the core development team known to be working on the upcoming Perfect Dark reboot quit the company during the last year. Yikes. Or around 36 people. Analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed. Imagine having an assignment to be like, go check out these employees' LinkedIn profiles. Let's see who left. <laughs> Literally. Um that includes most of the initiative's senior design team, including game director Dan Newberger, design director Drew Murray, lead level designer Chris O'Neill, principal world builder Jolion, Jolion Myers, two senior system designers, a group of three former God of War designers, and more. And the turnover of top talent doesn't end in design. Perfect Dark's two most senior writers also recently quit analysis shows, along with the project's technical director, technical art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. Oh my God. According to LinkedIn, the initiative is now less than 50 people when duplicates, former employees, and erroneous listings are removed, and currently just has, has just three roles advertised on its website. Analysis suggests that, really, this is literally like the... The, um, the the product of someone literally scrounging on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, analysis suggests it hired around 12 people in the past 12 months. Interviews with multiple former senior developers cited a lack of creative autonomy and slow development progress as the reason for their departures and described the wave of exits as fast and furious with project momentum said to be heavily affected. The initiative's management told Video Games Chronicle, uh, Video Games Chronicles, excuse me, Chronicle, um, it's confident in the team that it has in place and new talent joining and pointed to industry-wide staffing challenges during the COVID-19 pandemic. Sounds like they couldn't support their people and didn't know how to manage a company. So for reference, the initiative is the name of the studio, um, in case that wasn't clear. But I feel like we're never going to yeah, see this game. So I'm, I, I'm looking them up now because I thought, what the hell else did they do? I don't know. The initiative. Video game developer. I feel like this is... No, it's a new studio. That's right. Okay, yeah. so this is a new studio, and this is their first game. Um, they were literally formulated game. under, yeah, head of X, like G Xbox is the one that created the studio. Right, uh, right, right. And I guess they just don't know how to manage a studio that didn't already exist. 
Yeah, knows? so it's uh, yeah, rough times there. So no official announcement from from Microsoft, but Video Games Chronicle went through and did a deep analysis of LinkedIn and came up with all these figures. Really so, um, not good, not good. I feel like this game's never gonna come out, or if it does, it's like not gonna be great. But whatever, it's yeah, fine. I don't know if any. I don't know if any perfect dark game is necessarily great. Yeah, I never really played the originals, but like I remember everyone was so hyped when when a reboot was announced. So, who knows? I mean, it was announced a while yeah. ago too, like at least two years ago or three years ago at this point, like at E three or something. Uh, uh, it was it was some time ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm so mad I didn't uh, redeem these games sooner. Like I could have swore I did this anyway. It's fine. Ghost, uh, you're gonna play Ghost Runner for like a minute, and you're gonna be like, mm. <laughs> "This is too difficult." Ahmed, Ahmed, here's the joke. I bought Ghost Runner on Xbox. <laughs> Anyways. And I played it. I actually really enjoyed it. Like, it was frustrating, but, like, the fact that you can jump right back in, it was... I, I did enjoy it. I do mean yeah. to go back to it. It is a very quick respawn, because they know that you're going to die a million times. Oh, damn. Yeah. Even Carla played Perfect Dark. Here I am. A slacker. Dang. Um, all right. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass, which a lot of these actually might be already out, because this was posted on March 15th. Um, Shredders, Cloud, PC, and Xbox, uh, and console, sorry, Cloud, PC, and console on March 17th, so that's already out. The Dungeon of Nehilbuik, <laughs> the Amulet of <laughs> Aeos, uh, Cloud and console, uh, that's already out. Tainted Grail Conquest, that's already out as of yesterday, uh, only on console. Zero Escape, the Nonary Games, Cloud, console, and PC, out as of yesterday. Uh, Norco, only on PC, that comes out tomorrow, uh, available day one. This is a point-and-click adventure, so that's why it's only on PC. Uh, F1 2021 comes out tomorrow uh, as a part of EA Play uh, on console. Sorry, Crusader Kings 3 on console on March 29th. Weird West Cloud Console and PC on March 31st. Uh, and that is it in terms of games. Uh, Lawn Mowing Simulator is getting a Dino Safari DLC, so if you're into that. Um, and Genesis Noir is getting the astronomy update. I don't even know what Genesis Noir is. Um, also, in addition to those games, Tunic has launched uh, for Xbox, uh, for console, basically. Um, Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, this was revealed, actually, at Xbox E3 2018 briefing, so it's a very long time coming. Um, but it's an Xbox exclusive, I believe. Um, and it looks like a kind of isometric... They, I don't know, they're making a whole big deal out of it. It looks like an isometric top-down game, and it has a lot of really good reviews. Um, so check that out if you got Game Pass. It looks like it could be a fun time. Have you yeah, checked I, it out yet? I, boot, I booted that up. Uh, I booted it up and did not finish... Like, I got into a little bit of it, and then I didn't like sit there. We had to go run an errand or something, so I didn't get to finish uh, even starting it. But I've got it downloaded... And I am looking forward to playing it. It is very pretty. It's yeah. um, it's very basic, but like it, the way it uses light is really nice. Like it's a very bright game, um, and it is it is exclusive to Xbox Series. Well, the Xbox Series of consoles um, as a timed exclusive on console. Timed exclusive. Okay, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, that no, looks cute. That have like three games that are like the same art style. It's Curse of the Dead Gods death's door and now this and i'm like i want to play all of them but i just keep going back to hades because it's comfortable and it's like my comfort game so yeah maybe one day yeah you you know how to play it and that's that's the problem it's, so it's yeah like, exactly it's like it's easy to pick it up play it and you're done i don't have to that's think my about problem it with all. like yeah. yeah that's my problem with elden ring like i have to go back i have to like relearn mentally like mm -hmm. what i'm doing how to play it so yeah. That's I need to jump um, back into Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon Forbidden West before I forget how to play them and then be like, well, I guess I got to start over because I'm sure shit not starting those games over. Literally, yeah. It's uh, no bueno. All right. But, Nintendo yeah, to take us home. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Big news here, people. The Nintendo Switch now has folders. <laughs> um, not in the most Nintendo way possible. So Nintendo of America randomly tweeted one night what, two nights ago? Two nights ago, at 8.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and said, the latest Nintendo Switch update is now available, including a new feature to create groups for software on the console, which is, you know, Nintendo knees for folders. <laughs> so these folders are, like, not real folders, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. It, it's only available in the all software category. So, like, when you go all the way to the end, all the way to the right of your, like, Switch home screen and you hit all software... 
um, and where all your software lives, the groups are found in there only. So you can't like pin folders onto like your main screen. So you gotta go over there. So it's kind of annoying. And then the groups are in like their own category. So it's not, I don't know, it's very half-baked and just not what you would expect, unfortunately. So um, yeah, it's, it's just frustrating. Fascinating because the 3DS had such an incredible interface. You had folders from the get, well, I don't know from the get-go, but you had folders, you had themes, there were like music themes, like there were dynamic themes. The Nintendo Switch, five years into its life, when you go into the theme section, has basic white and basic black. And we just now got folders. Like, come on. What? Why does it take so long to do things? I... And this is what I'm talking about with Gran Turismo 7 being developed by Nintendo. Because it's like, it's these dumb, like, st- like who who's running the show? I just want to talk. <laughs> Literally, I I don't know. It's it's so frustrating. So it is what it is. I guess it's good that we have, you know, folders in some capacity. So um, people like Ahmed and I that buy too many games can uh, sort yeah. them out by games that will <laughs> one day play and games that will never play. Literally, that's so. exactly what it is. Two folders, played and not played, and there's like two games and played. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know, whatever. It's I'm like over it at this point. It, it is frustrating. Uh, the 3DS is like... I don't know. I I get caught up in like the is Nintendo trying to pump out games and they just you know not put, focused on UI of the yeah system. Put I guess. like I software enhancements to the system on the side. I don't I don't know. It's but fascinating like when you compare too, the two. Sorry, I was gonna say the fascinating too because like PS4 also had folders, but now PS5 doesn't, and it's like why are we taking away features that everyone loved? Like please, I don't know. Remember when? Um, remember when the Xbox. Was it, yeah, the Xbox One launched with uh, no DVD player or whatever. You had to wait until it, the you could download the DVD player app. Was that what it was? I vaguely remember that. There was some, yeah, it was like some licensing issues with like, was it DVDs or Blu-rays? It was Blu-rays. It was Blu-rays. That's yeah, right. I was like, what? I'm sitting here like, wait, did could Xbox One play Blu-rays? Yes, it could. <laughs> uh, it was After the Blu-ray, update, though, the yeah. Blu-ray player app. Yes. Yes. But that's because, like, like, Sony that. owns Blu-ray. I think there was, like, licensing issues there or something. I don't know. Mm, I'm pretty sure it was, like, you know, Nintendo problems. Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Um, it's funny to yeah. see, like, every company's different shifts in, in being consumer-friendly. And I think Xbox has definitely taken the cake now. Whereas before, they were like, we hate you, consumers. We're Microsoft. And now, um, God, what's his face? Who's the president of Xbox? I know his name. Uh, Phil Spencer? Yeah, Phil Spencer's like, I'm going to fix everything. And you know what? He's right. I trust him. All right. <laughs> I trust him with my life. Not with my Maybe. I don't know. He was nice at when we met him at Game Awards. All right. <laughs> Last bit of news. Super Nintendo World is coming to the U.S., but to the West Coast first, um, which I honestly didn't even know that it was under construction when we, like, visited briefly. I guess we couldn't. I didn't, I didn't see any cranes, but who knows? Um, thank you for the nani ball <laughs> super nintendo world is coming to the uh to the west coast so here from ign the first super nintendo world theme park area in the u.s will open at universal studios hollywood in 2023 uh so right around the corner with themed merchandise making its way onto shelves ahead of the land's debut uh ahead of universal studios next year theme park guests will be able to visit a newly expanded area of universal studios hollywood the theme land brings visitors into the brightly colored world of mario luigi and princess peach including a groundbreaking new ride and interactive areas um, I guess there's no news on what exactly the ride will be. I'm assuming it's not going to be a copycat of the existing Mario Kart and Yoshi attractions and Universal Studios Japan, because otherwise they would have just said that that's what they're building. I think Universal Studios Hollywood is also a very small park in general, so maybe they had to do something specific for that park, um, which is exciting, because then they'll get an exclusive ride that can't be found elsewhere um, until maybe they build it again at Universal Studios Orlando, and then there's no point. But we'll see. Um so yeah, it it literally it it I mean, it only says a groundbreaking ride, which could mean the Mario Kart ride. I'm saying if it is the Mario Kart ride, then they would just say that instead of saying groundbreaking groundbreaking ride, because I feel like a ride that already exists somewhere oh, else in the world say, wouldn't be says, groundbreaking. It says a groundbreaking new ride in the title uh, or in the subtitle. It says groundbreaking ride in the in the body of the text. Okay, I yeah, see what yeah. you're saying. But, like, if it was going to be that, they would just say, like, it'll open with Mario Kart, because right, why right, wouldn't right. you, right? Groundbreaking to me is, like, it's a new technology or something. So, I don't know, maybe it'll be, uh, 
I'm trying to think what it will be. It's gonna it's gonna be something Mario. I feel like it has to open with a Mario theme before they expand into like to uh you know Donkey Kong or Zelda. But I'm trying to think what it what it might be. Tower of Terror. <laughs> Mario no. Tower of Terror. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting because apparently I guess the Orlando world has been reportedly delayed until twenty twenty five. Well, yeah, because they're building an entirely new theme park. They're not just expanding into one of the existing. Oh, parks. that's right. That's uh, Epic Universe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, yeah, it's okay. not surprising that it's coming to Hollywood first. Um, but it's fine. We can go visit next and year. And then, yeah, we could. We better. We better. Opening day. Mm-hmm. We'll, we, mm-hmm. we will break the ground. I don't know about opening day, but maybe like the second day. Opening morning. Okay. Yes. Sure. Um, and then I, I forgot about that. Uh, Universal Studios Japan is getting a Donkey Kong themed expansion. Yes. In 2024. <laughs> Donkey Kong themed DLC. Literally. Oh my god. But yeah. Which I guess is still technically in the Mario universe of things. It's not like a Zelda or anything, but. The, the Mario cinematic universe? Well, is Donkey Kong considered a part of Mario outside of like Smash? I guess it's not. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Mario Party. He's like in Mario Party, yes, Mario Kart. That's what it is. Yeah, he's in Mario Party, Mario Kart. There we go. Okay. Yeah, he's in everything. He's always there. He's always watching. Always watching. Ooh. All right. <laughs> now that we are an hour and five minutes plus on our take two of this episode, I think we are both a little bit exhausted and would like to wrap things up. Shall I'm we? Very tired. Yes. All right. Yes, we shall. Well, this has been episode 138 of What the Funcast. Thank you all for watching and bearing with us while I had some internet issues, thanks to Spectrum. Um, if you're watching at home, thanks. Or, I'm sorry, if you're listening at home, thanks. If you're watching at home live, thanks also. Um, be sure to join our Discord, follow us on Twitch, all that fun stuff. Um, but besides that, we will catch y'all soon. This is Paul and Ahmed with What the Funcast, signing off. Peace!